0: This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, it's apoplectic Arabs as Livy leave it late to postpone. And D off again, but this time it's to face Buddies in the Cup. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. Oh oh, oh wait, wait. No, 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 sorry. It's been postponed at the last minute,
1: boys. (laughs) There's people in the stands already as well. Yes.
0: Alan, I joke. But what happened at Livingston to United last
2: night? Yeah, it was a bit of a farcical situation. Um, uh, An afternoon of... Really, really poor. I should say that's Miss- Alan
0: Temple, and he's a great and He's just grand.
2: <laughs> See, I was so wrapped up in the joke that I forgot
0: we're
3: all
2: here. Yeah, we're, we're, we made it. we're all here. We're Yeah, we're a bit um, slapdash as we try to figure out what enough <laughs> to talk about for the yeah. next wee while. Um, but no, it was a situation that should never have occurred. Um, the game should. Um, last night's, uh, as we speak, game between Livingston and Dundee United should never have been declared on at the 3pm pitch inspection that was called. It was called for a reason, because both clubs had uh, fairly uh, strong fears that the pitch wouldn't be playable. Um, Liam Fox, because he's relatively local, um, went along to that pitch inspection, was of the opinion that uh, there was real doubts over the game and given the temperatures, probably wouldn't get any better, the pitch. Um David Martindale described it afterwards as borderline at that point, which, <laughs> while not saying that he didn't think it was playable, if you think the pitch is borderline at 3pm mm. and the game's going to take place... Especially the home manager. <laughs> yeah, and the game's going to take place well after sunset, yeah. then a little bit of logic surely dictates that at best all you can really do is, say, regroup and have a second inspection in an hour or two hours. The thing you certainly don't do is, say, game on and then effectively allay any fears over the game taking place, convince any fans that were on the fence to come through from Dundee and to basically make everyone think there's no problem. And as far as I could tell... The referee, the match referee, I should say the, the not to, I mean, it, it feels cruel to, you know, throw people, throw one individual um, into the spotlight. But the the pitch inspection was carried out by you know one person. So uh, that was the fourth official, um, Scott Lambie. He's obviously more local than the, the match referee, Matthew McDermott. So he came along and, and did the pitch inspection. He passed it on. Then in the evening, Matthew McDermott, the match referee, has went on the pitch with his team of officials and has, within minutes, uh, said, no, of course not, this is dangerous, this pitch is its frozen, it's dangerous, and of course the game's not going ahead. And I think the, without being too blunt about it, the, the massive frustration as the whole Dundee United squad of, and especially Liam Fox have kind of went, oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, nothing. Asked him what's changed between three o'clock and as you know we were speaking at the time it's half good. six, and he's gone. He's told me very little changed, and it's that's got, the, it's got a couple of de- degrees colder. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the frustration. It's the fact that granted the pitch might be a little bit worse in the evening, but not a lot. Uh, you know, at three p.m. you could see this playing out. So there's a huge element of frustration from. Liam Fox from the coaches, from the hierarchy, and especially from those fans who, you know, at best were maybe at you know Queensferry or whatever, you know, but certainly they weren't local to Dundee. You know, they had made the they'd broken the back of their journey by that point. So uh, really disappointing. And And who wants to risk a U-turn deepest darkest fife? (laughs) We were were, were, and we were discussing this off-air and You know Dundee United are going to rightly, uh, on behalf of themselves and on behalf of their supporters, because the supporters want to see some sort of reaction to this. You know, will contact the SPFL and want to um, clarify the processes that take place. They want to make sure that you know they want to know how this decision was come to, and maybe you know make sure decisions like this don't happen again because um, it's obviously something that shouldn't have occurred. But at the same time, discussing this, we were kind of saying what is there to be done other than maybe advise the officials to err on the side of caution if there's any doubt because fundamentally... I think they're
0: supposed to take the weather forecast into account, yeah. aren't
2: they? Well, fundamentally one person's made a mistake yeah. and listen, we're not going to crucify the guy and, and it happens. Everyone makes a mistake. I'll make 10 before the day's out. It's You know, so so be it. Um. But the, the nature of it is this one has proven to be quite a, a high profile error and a, and a costly one but... You know, we don't need a, a summit and a thousand-word dossier to know what's happened. Somebody's yeah. made an error of judgment and hopefully it, it doesn't happen again. If, if, if,
0: if, I, I don't know the fourth official. If, if he's young and relatively inexperienced, they sit him down and explain to him so that he learns from this. Because he'll feel terrible. And if he's an experienced official, can maybe be a wee bit you know forthright, if you like, with him and say, what were you thinking?
2: The thing, but, that, the thing that totally baffles me is... At 3 p.m., uh, as I say, Liam Fox is there. David Martindale is there. I think uh, Liam privately will be a bit more forthright about telling <laughs> telling you that he thought at that point the game will not go ahead. I, I think he said on the record. Well, had, they both know the pitch, don't yeah, they? Yeah, he, th- he said on the record. You know, he had these severe doubts. I think he was a bit stronger than that. David Martindale, on the other hand, told us that he at that stage thought it was borderline. Which, again, a little bit of common sense. You see, if it's borderline at 3 p.m that's going to cross that border oh, 745. <laughs> by, by 7.45. And both these men, as you rightly say, know the pitch so well. David Martindale does everything at Livingston, you know. And, um, you know, he knows that pitch better than anyone. Um, and Liam Fox worked there for seven months on the coaching staff. As David Martindale said to us after, I think his exact words were, Foxy has been that guy out there with the shovel in the fork. <laughs> so, you know, that that was his words. So, but... You listen to these guys. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you're the fourth official, I know you're you're probably obliged in the rules not to take into account what the coaches say. I was, I was say.
3: going to say that, Alan. Is, is there a, a, a pressure put on officials to get games on? We we'll always know that towards the end of the season, there can be a pile up of fixers depending on how things are. We've had the World Cup this year. There, there obviously isn't a lot of free midweek dates between now and, and the end of the season. The pressure is always on to get the season finished. So is there a, a an unfair pressure put on officials to give the game you've got to give the game every possible chance but maybe by being ridiculous like we've seen last night that game obviously should have went off in the afternoon but the official is feeling pressure from above and saying look I'm not willing to make this sort of call as you said to him yeah. maybe he's not experienced enough to take it on himself and go this game is off mm-hmm. you know he's not willing to make that call
2: I mean it's a good question and one that if it were true, we certainly wouldn't get an honest answer. However, what what I would say is worth saying is there was no pressure put on them from either club, no, from the no. from either manager. Yeah. You know, both managers, if it had been left to them, I think would have probably said, oh, "Sadly, this isn't happening." Um,
0: so you that's sort what, of think it's about reading the signs because I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the league table. I'm aware of United's recent form. It's two managers that want the game on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, if they're no, if they're the words, it going off. I, if I'm an official, I'm like, oh,
2: I better listen to them. Mm-hmm. I think I think the other thing that's worth pointing out because, uh, you know, I think there was a, a a lot of vocal criticism. Is this is a completely different argument from whether or not you like Livingston's artificial pitch. There's no blame at Livingston's door here, whether you like the pitch, whether you do not, whether you think it's more liable for games being off, which statistically, there's no particular evidence of mm-hmm. that, or not, is a completely different argument. No one is, is criticising Livingston for what happened. Um, they did their best to get the game on, but come 7.45, the, the pitch wasn't playable. This is a debate about something else entirely. It's about decision-making, it's about communication, and it's about making sure you're no mucking about the fans because this is getting a wee bit silly now coming hot on the heels of, obviously, those Dunfermline fans who made the trip up to Dundee only for that game to be called off so late for the first attempt at that. You know, we really need to streamline this process and if see if it means more games getting called off, you know, because you err on the side of caution and try to ensure fans aren't making a wasted, expensive trip, then so be it. Do you know what? Maybe you will get the odd game that could have been played that mm. won't be played so be it, because in, in the wider picture we need to, we need to stop this because fans can't afford this uh, plus no.
1: plus you you want to watch a good good match as well mm, I mean yeah. if, if the conditions yeah. are going to really ad- make it adverse conditions to play football and I mean what's the what's the yeah.
0: point I, I think well, that's a very good point George I'm, I'm old school entertainment sometimes you do if you think even if this game is it's borderline and it stays on the right side of the border suppose in a perfect world there would be onus on officials in that it's going to be crap <laughs>
1: <laughs> you do get some games where it's wet and wet and wild and there's tackles flying mm. in and all that sort of stuff that's good fun but if it's a frozen uh, frozen, frozen turf, it's, it's, yeah. it's no fun at all
3: Artificial uh, official pitches are rain no problem whatsoever but they do freeze yeah. Okay. Yeah. they do freeze and days gone by time remember dens in paradise didn't matter if it was frozen the, the rule of th- thumb was is it a flat
0: yeah, and if it was flat, <laughs> flat and,
3: right. and in general terms Dens and were flat as long as there was no rotted areas somebody's come out with a bucket of sand put a bit of sand down the goal and I the goal for the keepers Heads and they would play Arabs. I, I'll tell you what it was an absolute nightmare there was nothing worse than playing <laughs> on bone hard ground yeah. as a goalkeeper yeah. and you can see how dangerous it can be so yeah the, the, for Frost the artificial fit pitches do freeze the game should have been called off and Alan's right it's the fans and I've spoken about this in the past whether it's sort of we've seen it recently with our own clubs you know fans going to games I mean last night fans were referred to shell out for buses mm-hmm. because ultimately the bus companies need to be paid if you're on that bus and it's travelled yeah. halfway there and even if you sort of do Utah you've sort of shell out you've bought your ticket can you make the replay or when the game's rescheduled you know, and it's not just that, we've seen it in other areas, the aspects of how difficult it is sometimes trying to get tickets for games. game. have spoken about this, more experience at Hamilton this season. No, I'm naming Hamilton, but there's other clubs as well, and Dundee are, are, are quite guilty themselves at times in terms of getting tickets. It's so, everything seems to be so awkward. It's an entertainment yeah. business, but it seems to be so awkward. We forget about well, the one thing that we need, mm. it is, are the peop- the public that come to these games. And they make make things so difficult for people that people turn away. You know. Yeah. Well, if you do keep do teeing them yeah. off, I
0: was going to use a worse word there, but <laughs> I decided to use a different letter of the alphabet. But if you do keep teeing them off, they'll go away. They'll they'll they'll, they'll drift away. They'll get fed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, particularly away fans, because especially this time of year, away away fans have cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a club like
1: Livy as well that don't have a huge yeah. home yeah. support. They they live off the. Awake, yeah. fans coming in. So they'll have been, from a business point of view, I'd imagine they'll have been pretty disappointed the game was off. But
2: It's interesting Bear mentions the goalkeepers as well because when I kind of came down the tunnel and into and the stadium and, and everyone was milling about and there was a sense that the game might be in doubt, the referee, Ma- Matthew McDermott was having a right long chat with Mark Birigiti and there was a lot of pointing going on <laughs> and a lot of shrugging <laughs> the shoulders. Mm. And I think Mark Birigiti was probably rightly making the point that the, I mean, you're kidding here, aren't yeah. you? Don't you know, get, it's, Don't get that sort of thing in Australia. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, exactly. I, I, was, I
0: was going to say, to be fair
2: to the referee, anything under 20 degrees
1: they <laughs> the more off in Australia. So I
0: would be like, well, you're not the person to ask, with all due respect.
2: So while, um, while we, we have, uh, well, we can have fond memories of bear bumping about in yeah. the concrete hard oh, uh, yeah. ground. Uh, you know, in two thousand, you know, in twenty twenty three, it's just not. It's not safe. It's it's not. Uh, professional athletes shouldn't have to to play on that and. As I say, uh, there is absolutely no question about the decision. Everyone was fine. There was no antipathy towards Livingston. It was just the decision, the right decision was made. The problem was that the, the right decision <laughs> should have been made four hours ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And and the there were,
3: there were a few comments on Twitter that we cannot publish in our newspaper from <laughs> Dundee and fans who were obviously very close
0: to the stadium, but
2: at the point <laughs> it was called off.
0: In a footballing sense, it was a blow to United because they're going well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They were good against Hibs. Really good. Um, the I mean, a result would have built up their confidence for the big one on Saturday. <laughs> well, the, 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 the biggest disappointment against Hibs is United didn't make it three or four and then didn't hold on for, for the victory. And if that's the biggest criticism... And it is a you know it's a fairly you know they've dropped two points so it's a fairly you know substantial criticism. But if that's your biggest criticism, then it shows the pro yeah. the the progress being made. You know they've gone to Easter Road, where by far the better team, should have won the game. Just like um, at Tana Dice, they were the better team. Well, certainly created a lot of clear chances against Hearts and were minutes away from holding out. And so they are playing, and you know they've won a couple of games as well. They're playing good teams and they're playing well and they're getting close to things. Need to see games out. You know, that's it. It's become a a wee bit of a pattern. They've conceded late goals against St Mirren, a couple against Celtic, Hibs, Hearts. That then, you know, that becomes a wee bit of a pattern. So they need to sort that, but they know they need to sort that. That's, you know, they need to be more um, aware, diligent, um, just vigilant in the closing stages. That goal Kevin Nisbet scored. Um, it's in the 93rd minute of the game, it's a long shelled diagonal and Kevin Nisbet's able to kill the ball on the oh. edge of Dundee United's half run along the edge of the box and then get a shot away that can't happen in the 93rd minute, it just cannot So, but, they, but I'm, I mean, I'm not telling uh, the Dundee United players anything, they don't know so a case of fixing those little details but in terms of the overall picture Some really, really good stuff at Easter Road, Um, despite Hibbs' recent struggles. Decent side, decent players, not an easy place to go. So, United can be really happy with that. And, you know, the league table, it could make happier reading, but they're out of the relegation zone. Um, They've got a game in hand over a lot of teams. And now they can take a breather and, you know, look ahead to a game they... Should go through, and I'm maybe touching it a wee bit later. But I don't think it might be that quite the cakewalk that, that some people think it will be. But let's be however, <laughs> let's make no mistake; it'd be a disaster if they don't win comfortably. Yeah, uh, George. Once
0: once the initial disappointment of the late goals settled down a bit, five games ago, four games ago, United would have bit bit your hand off for a point away from home anywhere in the Premier League.
1: Exactly. I mean, you just look at the got the table in front of us. They're away from. They've only got one win away from home, and that was just this turn of the year at St Johnston. So away from is not something that has been their friend all season. And I'd probably put the the Hearts game in that in the same bracket as the Hibs one, as yeah. Alan mentioned. That these are teams that at the start of the season. United would have seen results against them, pretty few and far between. I think. Look what Hearts did to Aberdeen last night. Exactly, it's you know, not a bad result. They're, a, they're by far away. He's, I, learning, third... he's learning how to get in with the local community. <laughs> <Could you> Mentioning <laughs> <an> Aberdeen defeat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hearts are by far and away the third best team in the, in the country, and I think that they'll start to pull away from it. It's not Aberdeen. The not <laughs> quite. Not quite. Um, Be lucky to make the top six. Yeah. and as you said, <laughs> going go to Easter Road is. Uh, it's a tough place to go. Yeah, and whatever, to be with, well,
0: wherever Hibs are, Easter Road's a well, tough place so to go. Right. It's, it's, it's a right. funny Absolutely. thing.
1: And you could see United aren't far away. I mean, we're talking minutes here from getting two massive results that would make the league table look a lot better. But the league table mm-hmm. already looks a lot better than it did during the World Cup break for those, what, six weeks they had mm-hmm. to look at it they were bottom of the table. Yeah. And in the next five games, they've got Kelly and St Johnston yeah. in there. So... And if,
0: you play, if you're playing well, Bear, Craig Levine mm-hmm. used to say this when he was United manager. He said, if you're if you're playing well, you'll you'll take the odd defeat or a, a mm-hmm. late equaliser just because you know, as Alan said, you tweak wee things
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you've got results. If you're not playing well, yeah. even if you're winning and you're not playing well, you're possibly more worried, yeah. are not you?
3: Yeah. And United you know, are playing well. They look a very competent side now. They look capable of, of picking up results. My big worry, Tom, is. You know, they've been playing well for a wee while now and they're still sitting down there in amongst, you know, that, that drop zone area. Um, they haven't managed to pull themselves clear. Now, they might well go on and do that, but they haven't at this point in time. Now, what what's going to happen when they suddenly stop playing well? What's going to happen when maybe they have a run of form where they're not doing so well? Yeah. You know, and then suddenly they're still down there we're, we're approaching the last 10 fixtures as I've always said and then you're on the run you're yeah. on the, 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 the run of death of your like you won't slip up and, and you could find yourself either being relegated or, or consign yourself to, to you know the pressure situation of a playoff but I do think United have shown they've got it in their tank to, to, to climb up that table we've seen that Alan you've seen it you've seen it more than us um, we've we're, we're, we're seen it from a distance but the whole team seems to be functioning mm-hmm. from, right from the back defensively Midfield up top, as a as a, a complete unit, every every area that that yeah. team should be functioning. Now this obviously the manager would like a bit more, but it looks as though they're in quite a good place at this point in time. Yeah,
2: I've seen I've seen pretty much every ball kicked by Dundee United this season, competitive and non-competitive. I've, I've seen them play badly, and I know they're not playing badly, but Bear makes a right good point. You know, if this is a good spell, then for goodness sake, capitalise on the good spell because there will be another bump in the road to to come. The one thing that concerns me slightly is I would like, and I don't, this may be something that needs to be jiggled about during the transfer window as it comes to its close, but I'd like to see more versatility off the bench. They didn't make a change until the 83rd minute at Hibs and by that point, they were starting to drop deeper. The, the game, the, just the flow of the game had changed. Hibs weren't creating loads of chances, but the flow of the game had changed, and Hibs, uh, sorry, Dundee United could have done with a way to get out, to hold on to possession, fresh legs, energy, because they were been dominating the game for 60 minutes, and they lost control of the game, and Liam Fox chose not to bring on, say, an Archie Makerson, he chose not to bring on a, a Rory McLeod, Tony Watt wasn't available, Sadat Anaku wasn't even on the bench, and you were just looking at the bench and thinking, right? A, there's maybe not the options that Liam Fox would like to change the game, and then B, those options that I would maybe think, like I would look at an Archie Mekis and say, there's a player who can, is composed, can control mm. the ball, will bring a bit of energy into midfield, reinvigorate that engine room as hips are starting to come onto you, and he just and he didn't get any minutes, which makes you wonder, you know, Liam Fox. Not think he's hitting the levels and training that he would want. I, I I don't know because I I think Archie's a, a fabulous talent. So there's there's wee questions in terms of that. Um, you know, it could maybe do a wee bit more depth in that squad to make changes, particularly in the attacking area. However, however, as I say, these are, are relatively small details. <laughs> it's it's a fundamentally well shaped up, hard working team that's playing. Playing decent stuff, and for a lot of the season, you've not been able to say that. So, I'm still relatively positive, but I certainly do look at that rerun. I look at you know Celtic home, hearts away coming up, the difficult. Kilmarnock away, also difficult, but you if you can take. Something from Comarnock, don't lose at Rugby Park, St Johnston home. You've then got Ross County away, uh, a wee bit further on. I've got that one circled because that gets me away from the <laughs> new, the newborn baby for a wee while. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so that's you're, not, a, you're not
1: supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> so have
3: that <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alan will be up with Dingwall going, can we we'll postpone it and play it tomorrow? So I think
0: at two nights.
2: Um, so. But all of it, you know. Uh, so once that calendar kicks in, there's games against the teams around them. Those will be will be crunch games. But. Um well, uh, uh, certainly a bit of positivity, but there is a frustrating shooting that it could be so much better because with those four points that they lost against Hibs and Hearts, they would be level with yeah. St Johnston mm-hmm. in eighth and they would be three points off the top, off six. Off the top six. So that's why um, you, there is a, a real degree of frustration there. But at the same time, that shows you the margins in this league. We have been saying it and it can be frustrating for fans because you're going, well, what are you talking about small margins? We're in a relegation battle, you know? Yeah. But... It is true. They just need to turn the positivity into points. You mentioned the bench there.
0: Is the tie of the round against Stirling University on Saturday an opportunity for uh, Liam Fox to take some players off the bench and give them a starting place? uh, Because, I mean, I've got just a sense you're going to disagree with me here because you told me beforehand. But, I mean... I'm expecting Stirling University to turn up with long hair, combat jackets and somebody, somebody <laughs> eat a book in their kit bag because they've been out on Friday night. But you're telling me that's not quite the
2: case. Uh, it's, it's my understanding that, <laughs> that, that, that that won't be the makeup of the Stalin University you're just gonna, squad. You're
0: just going to ruin the romance of the cup for me, aren't you?
2: Aye, it's... Um yeah, you can you can tell Don't
0: tell us they're a real
2: team. Yeah, you can tell I was one of these university students because I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 um, withering. I
0: wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> but I did book in my kit back before game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm kind of uh, yeah bristling at your withering assessment of students here. Um, <laughs> no, it's they're that was envy. <laughs> I had a really interesting chat with her, with our skipper James Berry the other day, so there'll be some stuff in the in the coming days. And you're and you're. Papers uh, with regard, but a really uh, enjoyable chat on and off the record about the, the makeup of the, the squad and, and how they work there at Stirling University. And, they're a, um, and they've picked up a lot of talented players, you know, a lot of guys that have dropped out of the SPFL, you know, come through good youth systems, you know, your Falkirk, your Raith Rovers, even further up the chain. And at that point, well, they've got a crossroads of saying, do I stick at it, get a part time job, and, you know, go to League Two or League One, or perhaps go play in the Lowland League, get a scholarship at Stirling University and come three or four years, I can play loads of football, half-decent level, come out of it with a degree and then I'm still only 22 or 23 years old. That chance to go and play in League 2, League 1, whatever, is still there and I've set myself up for, for life. So it's you've basically got a, a squad full of you know 19 to 23-year-olds who a lot of them have been with talented clubs. A lot of them have been with talented academies and are good young footballers, but have just decided to go in a certain direction in their lives. So they'll be talented and they will be as fit as anything, as fit as anything, although they do play an awful lot of games. Um, so uh, there will be a, a challenge for Dundee United, but quality should shine through. Ultimately, quality experience now should eventually make this a 3-0 or 4-0 game. But I just think, yeah, there'll be this sense because they're called the University of Stirling that there'll be (laughs) this ragged, ragtag band of disorganised er- der- der- t- C- C- <laughs> <laughs> one of them's missing the game because he's on a CND <laughs> C- match I'd love but that No, they'll, they'll they'll know be that you that's get, for sure you get
3: the feeling their warm up's going to be they're out with one ball and somebody's going to cross <laughs> <them> <laughs> the box and
0: they're all going out to try and head to a
3: got different, different coloured socks and stuff like that
0: Well, I mean, Alan's given us the truth and the reality there Bear, but let's get back to fantasy <laughs> <laughs> is, is, there, is there a group of people on this earth who have more time to train than than footballers who are also students. <laughs> well, you wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so, but
3: students have got other
0: things to do as well,
3: as well as learn and play football. There's other things going on in student life that, that keep you occupied.
0: Ah, one lecture a week. <laughs> I love this coming from the retired tam
3: who's <laughs> on holiday every
2: well, two weeks. Say, Unbelievable.
0: Bear and I have parents of daughters who went yeah. to university. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I, I never saw more of my daughter than when she was at university. It was a disgrace. <laughs> I'll have you notice but as I say I spoke to the skipper James Berry this week and he is juggling a 65 game season with doing his dissertation so Ooh, I dare you to go and tell James that he's uh, that he's somehow living a life of leisure please do you're
3: spoiling it Alan I know
2: You're spoiling it aye but no, in terms of, I, I believe there was a question somewhere a, a, a while ago. And, um, no, I was just, I've just got this. I've just got this picture of what a student should. Do. And yeah, I would, I would look at players like uh, Mikkelsen, Matthew Cujo, uh, Peter Paul that would need minutes. Um, maybe even Asadat and Aku, for example, as well as your guys like Ross Graham and Charlie McGrew, who you know could do with some minutes. I would look at them and you'd maybe say um, uh, Carl Johan Eriksson, maybe a wee change in between the sticks, give him some minutes. So I think there's there's definitely players there that, because um, you don't want to disrespect your opponents, but at the same time, there's players there that are perfectly passable top-flight like footballers shooting minutes.
0: Liam Fox's favour is, he, 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 if he plays Mulgrew, Eriksson, Paula, he's certainly not disrespecting
2: anybody by putting players of that Absolutely. quality in. And also there's no harm in... And I wouldn't say that this would happen consciously, because I think it is a subconscious thing often. If you've got guys that are playing every single week in the Premiership, they then line up against Stirling University, or do they drop 10% Hmm. even subconsciously? Whereas if you bring in guys who are desperate to stake their claim for a jersey and have been chomping at the bits for minutes, as well as being good players, you maybe get that little additional zip and zoom from them. So... Um, I think it would be not disrespectful at all to make a few changes. In fact, I think it would probably be quite a wise move because I know there's a lot of boys in there that are desperate to, to get out there because Liam's played quite a consistent side now for a while and I think there's a lot of players there that are really itching for an opportunity.
0: And George, is there any more motivation than... As Alan says, Still in University are a real football team. They're a decent football team. But there's going to be a lot of people like me at paradise <laughs> on Saturday and around the country going, There's a bunch of students <laughs> And your team talk surely is you do not want to be the team No the banana the skin. Premier League yeah. team that was even taking to you know replay or extra time it, or yeah. whatever against her. No you do you don't
1: wanna be the first first no. game on sports team, do you? No <laughs> when you're playing still in uni. So um It's a it's a classic cup banana skin but I don't expect I think that.
0: That in itself, motivation for the big team, be. though, isn't it? That they well, avoid f- looking down. We, yeah. we can't lose this one.
1: Exactly, and they have to. Ex- the players have to be going out there, expecting that if they don't start with intensity and, and look like the Premiership team against a lowland team to their home fans, they're going to get stick. There's there's like the fans a, aren't going to yeah. handle that at all. Aren't they? So there's also a bigger picture to this, which is. This is the Scottish
2: Cup. Exactly. This, it's, this a a great, chan- it's a chance great, to get through. It's you know, a really they, good chance to they get through. Could have, they could have drawn away at Celtic or, exactly. or Rangers or, or away at Hearts. You know... Fundamentally, in the bigger picture, they have been handed a very, very attractive home tie exactly. that allows yeah. them to get to the next stage of the Scottish Cup, which is hey, a if chance. William g- Fox or any other manager, yeah. you'll take Glasgow University to the next <laughs> <time>. <laughs> whatever university is available, exactly. whatever
0: non-league teams are available, you as know, long as it's at Tannadice.
2: This is, you know, you talk about clubs like Dundee United, basically every club out with Glasgow will say you need an element of luck along the way in terms of your draws if you want yeah. to get to Hamden, or even better, you want to, you know, even reach the final. You need an element of luck to your draws. You need to play well along the way, etc., etc. And here's your element of luck. Don't don't waste it. You've got a very winnable tie. Hopefully, move on to the next round. And who knows? This could be the road to Hamden again. So there is a, although it's a fun tie to chat about, and you know, knock a, you know, knock about. There's a bigger picture here business. which Yeah, there's a bigger picture here, which is it's the Scottish Cup, it's it's the big one and Dundee United just need to do their business and, and who knows where the, the journey might take them.
0: Great stuff. Just to finish the United section off with a bit of housekeeping. I, I was away last week. Tony Tony Watts still getting linked with a move to Salford.
2: Yeah, to be fair, I think the the Salford interest is wavering. Um I think there's uh it's a little bit of discussions whether or not that would be a permanent move or a loan move and I'm not sure all parties are quite on the same page right now we'll just say that and uh, Tony for the moment is a, is a Dundee United player um, talk of interest from Galatasaray doesn't go away in terms of Aziz Behic uh, Liam Fox said no contact and asked him last night and there's a few clubs that are very very interested in young Rory McLeod but that's not quite manifested into a deal being done so um, lots of talk lots of talk um Logan Chalmers is away, so a lot of outgoing chat and a lot of outgoing happenings. So uh, maybe maybe
0: comment from a fan about Logan Chalmers uh, on social media, and it was very respectful, but pointed out he's 22 now. He's not a regular. He's never been a regular. Is it? Is it time for him to make a permanent move?
2: Perhaps, yeah. Yeah.
1: And And that's that's the
0: thing. I'm not. But I've mentioned Logan Chalmers, but it seems to be a thing now that players. Players are well into their twenties, and they're they're not playing for the parent club, and they're going on mm. loan, going on loan. Is it not better for these players to actually well, uh, I, I get assumed a permanent move? That
1: the Tranmere move was going to be a permanent move, just mm. without looking too much into the story beforehand. I was surprised to see it was a loan, because with them ending the air loan. I don't know, maybe United are getting a don't bit get more money from Chalmers. The bigger
0: cl- clubs than yeah. Chelsea is a great way Great way to travel. Mm. Well, it's sign for Chelsea and Spending spend <laughs> five years jetting <laughs> all over to diff- on different loans. And then get sold yeah. for £10 million. That's ah. that's I don't think Chelsea Logan do.
3: Chalmers is, is... I think he's
0: a good player. I,
3: I think he's a good player. and I think uh, when he first broke in, I thought he's a really good player. Yeah. But I don't think he's one of these guys who's stalled a bit. I don't think he's realised the I potential. Think that, I, I think he has an injury problems. to be fair, to the lad. Um, but he's going on loan up to Inverness. I don't think he set the heather on fire there. I saw him playing for United. I don't think he set the heather on fire there.
1: I think they were quite happy with him yeah. overall, judging by the way they were disappointed he'd left. I'm but talking, against I'm talking my expectations exactly. for him, though. I think he yeah. should be
3: going there and really, you know, yeah, being a star, a yeah, star turn. Mickey Mellon's obviously seen something else. Ah. So he's going to give him a real chance down there to, to have a go in here. If he could break into that sort of level down there, there's money to be made, good money, at, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. England, you know. Mm-hmm. So
2: hopefully it works out for him. Yeah, he's a talented boy and sometimes you just need a fresh start. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I think he probably just needs a fresh start. Yep. Great stuff.
0: <laughs> now having talked for 20 minutes about a postponement. <laughs> 30 well, minutes? Well, no, but we'll moved on to other things. All oh, right, okay. fair George. <laughs> I was watching the clock. <laughs> now we've got a choice here as we move on to Dundee. Do we talk multi postponements, <laughs> or could we find some drying paint?
1: <laughs> well, the game on Saturday should be on because it's not a dance. Party.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dundee, Dundee, Scotland's favourite away team.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward what, to I'm just what, seeing the game.
0: I mean, I was away last week. What's going on? Why can't they get dance playable? Um, is it bad luck or is it bad management?
1: Not Gary Boyard. I don't expect him to be out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 I, I wouldn't put that's my yeah, yeah, house. Come,
3: come on, because because on Gary <laughs> Boyard.
0: One more postponement <laughs> and your job's on the line. I
1: wouldn't point any fingers at the gr- groundsmen. No, you? no, no. The, the, uh, there's stories of them being out at three a.m. Yes. and trying to fix that pitch. I know the stuff. ground Yeah,
0: still know the groundsman at Dens and. The, and they work very, very right. hard, and, and they know
1: the stuff. You can, and I remember, oh, well, a few years ago, I th- possibly Paul Hartley, Neil McCann, maybe starting James Pick That there was a l- huge praise for the quality of the pitch at Dens Park because yeah. it was very good. I think now so we're is, it, lo- is
0: it equipment? Is it? We, I think the, it's more budget. The, there's be been
1: waterlogged. I think they're spending. spending been, I mean, less money was on. It.
0: It, was it two waterlogged pitches and a frozen pitch?
1: Yeah. Um, The game on Tuesday, I think, would have been on had they turned the undersell heating on. But they chose not to because it was going to cost money. Uh, Which isn't, I would say, anything to be hugely worried about. It's not because they can't afford it. You're a
0: of the South fan. I'm thinking (laughs) if they can't afford to heat a pitch, how can they afford to strengthen their squad and get promotion?
1: It's not because they can't afford it. It's the new John Nelms way is to stick... Stick as strictly as possible to the budgets they've set so right. that they don't have these year-on-year year, year losses that they've, they've had that for so Does that relate to long. the competition as well? I know they've lost yes. league because games as I well. Think, right. I, th- I think they were only expected maybe between 1,000 and 1,500 through, the, through the, g- the gates. Only two of the stands were open. It was only a or a ticket. They, I think they were trying everything to get punters get in. They're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I understand the, The game back, the Cove Rangers game that was called off in December because they they had the Undersol heating on all that week, and I understand that cost them fifteen grand just for that week, just to have the Undersol heating on, and then the game was off, obviously. Bear, it's I mean you and and I come from sorry George. Sorry, just to finish off, they were they were going to make less than fifteen grand, I think, just from that game. So,
0: sorry, that's what I.
1: Is that what you were going I to say I believe in our <laughs> listeners to work that out. <laughs> no. fair. <laughs> I was going back. to say,
0: you and I come from the era of the beautiful game, but it's a harsh economic fact. You can't expect clubs to spend 15 grand on undersoil heating for a fixture that's possibly only going to earn them half that.
3: Well, football's a business and people yeah. need to realise that. And if you're going to incur a loss, then. Why would you? I, I mm. don't understand that. The only there's possible, nothing in the rules the only, to say they no, had to do it. So. The only possible benefit to Dundee is is that they get that game played. Um, the the players keep you know. Yeah, they're, they're the match, match wanted but yeah. I can understand that from a, from from a playing point of view. Yeah, you want you want the games on because Dundee before Christmas had built up a fair bit of momentum. They, they were going well. Well, the result of the postponements, and obviously they had, a, they had a sore one, one bad result against our both, I've got to say, but everything seems to have started recently yeah, yeah. through one thing or another. So as a manager, you're desperate to get going again.
0: Hmm.
3: But no, it's, it is a business and people need to realise that if they're going to make a loss for putting on an undersell when they don't hurt, nobody else, I mean, yeah. well, not nobody else, there'll be a few clubs that are in that competition that have that, Understand that they can switch on if they choose. Who to would they? That's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's not mandated by by the powers mm. that be that you need to need to use it. You're not in the Premier League, where you've you've basically got. To, and we've seen games going off in the Premier League as well. I've got yeah. to say, with, with clubs that have got sort of uh, protection part protection. No, I I can understand it totally. Um, I can understand the, the fans' frustrations. Um, We're not getting games, but. At the end of the day, it's it's about it's about cash. It's about yeah. cash, and uh, if they're sticking to budgets, then then you know that that's the way it's got to be. I think um, the thing
2: that surprised me was just the fact that they sort of said the quiet part out loud. Like I've yeah, during yeah. during yeah, my, shouldn't have said that during my that. like during you know my career long before I covered Dundee United. So don't think that I'm talking about them. I've seen many teams that. Ah, you just wouldn't believe it. We've had a malfunction with our undersoil (laughs) here. I must have read that. I must have... Hell, I must have reported that about double figures amount of times you know oh, we tried to turn on the underheat and there was a problem there was a malfunction I think Dundee might be the first team that have actually said no we just didn't turn it on it? <laughs> 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 See, I don't know whether to be surprised no. or I kind of respect it to well, yeah, be honest and I think so as well and I think, I hung think a he, big
0: knife next to the yeah. switch with a saying turn the switch <laughs> I mean, on and your hands off
3: <laughs> you've, you've talked about the, the groundsman they've been getting a bit of stick and they've been working tirelessly to get the yeah. game on so maybe John Nerms has been well look we're going to come out and say look this has got nothing to do whatsoever with yeah. the groundsman we've we've made a, 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 a club decision." The financial decision not to switch it on and that's why the game won't be played
0: if, I mean sadly if ever there's a time where you can come out and say guys we can't afford the heating mm-hmm. I mean people can't <laughs> I mean people are going to dens yeah. in the lounges to get a heat because they can't afford to heat their houses yeah so why why
2: should a business be any different? It's a fascinating debate because I, I was I just touching on something Bear said it was really interesting and I think George mentioned it as well about there being nothing in the rules. I think yeah. in the top flight in particular there is a line in the guidelines regarding yeah. Um, yeah. all reasonable efforts mm-hmm. must be made to ensure a game is on. But even then, you do wonder what are all reasonable yeah. in this you know, in this economy and the current situation, what are reasonable efforts? That's and and point, yeah. you know, you wonder are by by as I say, saying the quiet part out loud. I wonder if Dundee are going to set a lot of teams thinking, you know, see if if turning on the undersoil heating is unlikely to save the game anyway. Yeah. Then do we risk and it? The, do we challenge the rules? You know, it's it's just uh, bigger picture stuff. It's a really interesting one.
1: There's mm-hmm. talk earlier this season as well. A lot of clubs were looking at playing the games early mm-hmm. to save on painful floodlights. It turned I out I don't it understand it wasn't gonna, why they don't. It turned out it wasn't actually going to save them. Much money, at all. Oh, I think it right? was filling it. Like, because here's a,
0: just to digress for a minute. Here's the thing: I'm sick of hearing people, especially people older than me, and I'm I'm 60 next year. If I <laughs> that. That's a disgrace. But people older than me go, oh, "I Scottish football played at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon." Well, did they play in the dark in January? Did never? Nobody had floodlights until around about 1960. <laughs> football had been on the That's go right. for 80 years before that. <laughs> kicking off with miners' headlamps or something <laughs> like that. So it, you can kick off at one o'clock or half past one. That's when they used to kick off Scottish Cup games that, yeah. that could go yeah.
3: Especially nowadays. I mean, football gets changed at the drop of a half exactly. satellite TV and you're, yeah. you're kicking off at 12 and so everybody heard, just gets on with
2: it. the The evening, and I'm not just saying this because Dundee United inexplicably seem to win them all the time. <laughs> but the evening kickoffs at Paradise have been great this season. You know, real, crack, you know, yeah. cracking atmosphere. What the <laughs> money bags there? What <laughs> <laughs> It just, I mean, that's obviously you know that's the opposite point in terms of you know costly. But I'm just kind of on your point of being able to shift kickoffs. Like, let's be versatile yeah. about it. You know, yeah. whatever reason you're thinking about moving the kickoffs, there's not no reason to be slavish it's to a, an arbitrary a, time. It's a typical. Thing if people don't treat football as a
3: business, I, punters just think it's you know it's just a game. we someone be a little bit, well, some what sort mean, of the, what bottom, the benefits. The, the, of the bottom line is every club's got an accountant has got to try to Aye. balance and yeah. he's
0: going to be 10 or 15 grand down for a game that maybe not take place. One of the benefits of uh, a club like Dundee having American owners is it's, it's, it's the country where profit is God, so they should be able yeah. to come out and say, We've got to try to make money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know
1: and it's like uh, evidently it's a competition that the fans don't particularly care too much for. Of course, it's, either, so, it's rubbish. The t-
0: worst, the w- people say, the day you're relegated is the worst day. The worst day <laughs> is the next season when you get. When you're like, I'm gonna go and watch that. Yeah. It's I'm only, it's remind only, you.
1: It. It's the only joy I get these days as a Queen of the South fan because it's the only competition we ever do well. In. <laughs> I'm going to remind
2: you of this when Dundee win it and we're doing <laughs> yeah, this podcast yeah. and it's all glorious and it was worth. <laughs>
0: but, but even I've I, I've seen Dundee win it and you're like, yeah. hooray! Yeah, and, the, and you walk out the ground yeah. and go, What was a lot of it? About it? <laughs> how long is it going to take us to get him? Yeah, that is a bit. Yeah, of that. I mean, I don't know what it's like to win a major competition, yeah. <laughs> so I can't say that. Yeah. But we I mean, you you think it's sort of celebrations and open top buses you're just like oh let's just get him that was good yeah, it was, it's a fun day out the final no, like and it that's... is good for clubs that are always in the lower division the
3: only benefit Gary Boyer would have probably loved to have got a game and get his players on the park yeah. again and yeah. get them functioning again that's the only benefit to, to Dundee FC a, a 15 yeah. grand loss what's the benefit you know only your players and if and you've got the money if you are able to take that hat, and you know you keep the manager sweet obviously yeah. But you're still fifteen grand down at the end of the day, and it, you know it, it, you've got to treat like a business.
1: Ah, and, and from the sporting point of view, there's it's been a lot of folk worried about pitch, uh, fixture pile-ups and uh, and all this sort of stuff. But the championship didn't stop for the World Cup, so there's no no, no not, big, not, issue not big issue. Yeah. in that. I had a look at the rest of Dundee's fixtures. They actually don't have any midweek fixtures scheduled as it stands. They've had they've got one on a Friday that's been moved for TV. There's no Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Yeah, so at all. quite comfortable.
3: So, apart so from, fine. to be fair, well, the has been well, moved in yeah, there. Yeah, they've
0: need to pick another five Tuesdays. Aside for when they done filming, <laughs> <laughs> eventually, <the laughs> yeah. you know, is when, it next Tuesday? Tuesday coming? Yeah, they just stuck in for well, next you Tuesday. Know it's go- you know, it's either <laughs> going to be torrential rain or minus twenty. Okay. On I mean, I did
1: say last week I thought it was extremely ambitious that they would. Actually, I think
0: the weather forecast is quite mild the, for next week. So
1: th- They stuck it in three days after another home game. I thought that was just balmy, But they've just went, oh, we'll do it next week then again instead of just thinking maybe a wee bit more about it and putting it. And you know it's going to go extra
0: right. time and penalties when it does get played. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> it's going to it's going to last forever. This tie. I think Don would quite like to go through. So see amid all yeah. this disrespect, you could yeah. just you could just let no. Don go through no. if this is the attitude.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so It's, just, the, just it's just the most forfeit.
2: interesting
0: tie of this competition because yeah. James
2: McPake's coming
0: yeah. back today. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think he, I think he'd quite like to get the game on somehow so he can have a go at them to be honest, on the footballing sense.
2: I did quite like he, um, on James's, um Instagram, he posted a picture of himself on the touchline <laughs> and just said the yeah. caption, so who's for summer football then? <laughs> so <laughs> I think uh, fair to say he's been a little bit frustrated by, by the way this has panned out, because as, as you rightly say, I think he, he fancies a wee crack at Dundee. Yeah,
1: I, I think he was talking in the, in the press before the game was called off, obviously, that he was just, I think he was asked about going back to Den's part and I think he mentioned about just he'd be sitting in his old seat as it was, because they changed the dugouts, which <laughs> I didn't even notice <laughs> yeah. until somebody asked me which. Uh, you could give the game away with dugouts. Dundee,
3: Dundee scored, and he comes running at the dugout and punches
1: <laughs> the air. And... <laughs> yeah, I don't think
0: that happened. No. Uh, uh, change. I remember, uh, for all attention to detail, wasn't his biggest thing. It was uh, Benetti changed the dugouts so mm-hmm. when he became manager because the away dugout was right on the halfway line. But it maybe says something about the ethos of Dundee down the years that the home dugout was much closer to the dressing room. (laughs) So it was like, oh, we'll get our cup of tea quicker at half time.
1: (laughs) Well, I think James Pick actually changed it himself when he came in. Just to change something, don't try to change way everything back in
0: the day. Yeah, hey, the, the uh, other thing about the day, we were boys, you needed binoculars from the day yeah. when I mean, United, when United won the league. Yeah. There, Jim McLean had to stop halfway to the pitch when he yeah. uh, yeah. the final whistle <laughs> because it was so far. <laughs> stop for a water break. Well,
3: they're like bunkers, weren't they? Oh, you had to I climb know. out of them to physically go up to the uh-huh. pitch level. Uh, I mean, it was like
0: the, from when you were sitting in those old dugouts, it was sock high level yeah. that you were watching yeah. the game. Yeah. It Terrible was position to watch a game from, yeah.
1: The word dugout, is that, is that not? Yeah, oh, uh. George. George,
0: by the way, George has got two degrees
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and not a combat useful. jacket.
1: Yeah, um, and in terms of the parting game, we hope and we expect Dundee to have made some signings before the end of the month. So, well, you know, Dundee should say, be going stronger back to by
0: the, then. The, the, the heating thing, I mean, 15 grand that could be,
1: yeah, it's not going to be pay a player's wages,
0: but it could be the difference between. Getting a player and not getting a player. Yeah,
1: you'd hope so. Um, Gary Bowie is certainly putting everything into getting players in, anything he can. He's been playing about with the squad really this week. He's released Derek Ossie and Joe Grayson's loan ended, the two players that barely Didn't featured in the past few weeks. And, and he just made the hard decision that if I'm going to get Ossie players in... Ossie was always a wee can, gamble, wasn't it? He was, it's a, a, free agent. He was
0: a wee extra... Grayson was, has been I disapp- I don't blame Gary Boyer personally. It's disappointing because he was a boy that obviously had ability, but yeah. didn't seem to assert himself in games.
1: Yeah, I think, to me, it just looked like a guy that... Uh, he, he was a good quality, really nice guy, but I think he'd maybe been in like, academy football too long. Because he'd been Blackburn under-23s up until maybe a couple of years ago. 23 now, maybe 22. Still playing academy stuff. Yeah, so but you I, I think that. youth
0: coaches. Funny if you mentioned the ac- youth coaches down the years, would say you can you can calm someone down,
2: but it's it's a lot harder to fire a quiet yeah. boy up. I, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I've not seen uh, as much as Dundee as as the guys here, but I remember watching the game at Somerset Park um, on TV and that is the vibe you got from Grayson he expected longer than he was ever going to get to make passes you know we were told mm. he was this lovely passer of the ball but it's like he expected an extra second to make those sweeping ranging left-footed yeah, yeah. passes and you're just like you're getting you're going to get snapped mm. into before you get the opportunity to to make those sort of passes so he's clearly got technique there but tough to uh, t- tough to find that extra gear you know, when yeah, until you've actually you yeah. know, in, until you've actually done that it's even just the pace of the game yeah. You know, it, right? it, might
1: be, it might just be an experience thing I mean, yeah. as I say, he was at Blackburn for a long time he had a couple of the loans, but not too many games he was at Barrow when he left Blackburn, he was there for a season and then they decided they were going to move him on this summer and he came to Dundee, that's all, that's all he's done, in terms of senior first team yeah. games, it, it's not a huge amount It did show at times I thought some his, his debut against Abwroth, he, he was excellent. I think he got man of the match that day. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of other games where he looked really good. He was, he was spraying those balls about. Mm-hmm. He was getting a bit, finding that space and he was pinging balls out, out wide and making Dundee look a, a better team, but didn't show it nearly enough.
0: Yeah, I, I, I had brunch with a mate yesterday. That's,
1: brunch is something you do when you take <laughs> early
0: retirement, mate. Um, and he he pointed out, somebody put on social media, Simon Grayson did make a contribution. He came off and got Sean Burns back <laughs> in the team.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're two, two uh, different type players. George makes a good point, though, about, about the academy, not actually actually playing real football. They're as, very
0: as, They're great things, but their yeah. weaknesses sometimes are technical and they're not. Yep, yep. It's not men's football, is it?
3: No, and he could he could spray a pass, but Sean Burns looked at a much better prospect. As we all know, in there, and Sean Burns doesn't try to play 50 or 60 yard passes. No, Sean Burns breaks up the play and passes at 10 15 yards, and it does the trick. That's just what you need now. Simon Grayson for me. Was behind him. Joe. You've also, also joke of Simon. <laughs> this
1: is that. <dad>. <laughs> I can I called him Simon as well. <laughs> no Na- Na- wonder he was <laughs> off the pace. <laughs> He's about sixty. <laughs> it, he kept
0: showing I thought I couldn't run. Him. Coach,
1: that worry, Couldn't run.
0: George <laughs> uh, Grey. Sorry, Joe. I, I thought
3: I thought uh, Sean Byrne was ahead of him. If, you know, Finn Hutch, uh, Finn, Finn Hutch, <laughs> <laughs> that's <enough>. an <laughs> Finn Robertson, I thought, came on and looked a better prospect. So, there yeah. were others, <laughs> I, I, I has, it just hasn't worked out for him up yeah. here. You know, I, I, there, is a, there is a player there, and I'm, I'm but he needs to go out and play football, he needs to get games. Certainly, yeah. I mean, he, and he is quite he, he's a big lad you know, he does cover the ground quite well, sweet left foot, but not what Dundee needed at this point in time. Had just it?
2: on what George was saying about the you know. Gary Boyer's search for signings and in, in general I was reading your column this week I recommend You're for the any, one. anyone <laughs> that's you know I recommend for anyone that's, that's online and yeah, there was a line in there saying talking about Gary Boyer looking as frustrated as you've ever seen him yeah. um, when talking about transfers I thought that was very interesting and I don't really have a have a question as well. <laughs> I just fancied you expanding on that
1: uh, yeah on <laughs> Monday he was he was very frustrated I think it,
2: He was very frustrated in the last window.
0: Yeah. Getting what what he wanted.
1: This has added to it. Um, I think with the games being off as well, it's added to it. And he was just, I think he just needs a signing over the line just to make him him feel a bit better. But um, it was just a whole lot of things come together, I think.
0: I mean, it's a bit ridiculous. Less than a month after going to the top of the league, beating the team that was at the top of the league. Most of the game you had ten men, they'd been air had been going well, it was a great win, it was it was a great feeling going into Christmas. And less than a month on, you the club needs a lift, it doesn't do,
1: it? It does, aye And add added to all that, I've just said he's also had to tell two boys that he signed that they're gonna be moving on because he needs to sign something else. Um which won't be the easiest of conversations ever. Um no, At the same
0: time, they've not, they, they haven't done enough. No, exactly. All the best of them, but the truth yeah. is, it goes back to the thing, it's a business. You have to say, don't you? Exactly. Players aren't yeah. doing enough.
1: And the opportunity was there to, to end. Yeah. And they obviously put in a, an agreement with Derek Rossi that they would review it in January. They have done and they've decided to, to want to part ways. The same with, it, with the loan with Joe Grayson. That, uh, unless you don't put it in there's, there's usually a, a recall kind of function in there so um, I interesting we going to speak to Gary Borria this afternoon and see if hopefully they might have be a bit closer but the word that keeps coming back is either they get gazumped by a, another team coming in and getting the, the targets thereafter by offering more money or playing in a higher league or uh, a few times it's mentioned the inability to, to Convince players to to move to Dundee. So I th- that think that's looking in the English market. To be honest, that's what that's what it sounds like. Trying to convince guys to, to up sticks and come up here is proven more difficult than than he anticipated. I think maybe maybe cost of living and all that sort of stuff it's, that affects footballers as well. So, um, but so we've all seen a
0: funny one. Bear isn't it? Because you'd think a team that a team with Dundee's reputation, which isn't always deserved, admittedly. But you think it's a ch- it's a chance to come up and you know get to the top league and get a decent contract for a couple of years?
3: Yeah, uh, there is. A, I think the fact that they're in the championship certainly doesn't help, yeah. Tom. And I think that's, that's 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 a big problem. People down south see the Scottish Premiership and see nothing else. Yeah, they spoke very briefly. I was watching Gillette soccer Saturday at the week at the weekend. They spoke very briefly about Queens Park. And, you know, Chris Boyd was actually on. He was the only one who knew actually who they were. You know, the the, the, rest of them. One of the oldest clubs in the world. Yeah, and obviously they brought Owen Coyle into it because he's quite well Mm -hmm. known. But the championship just... You know, it's yeah. just forgotten about. Well, can anybody remember the last so, time
0: they watched a the Sky game that didn't involve Rangers and Celtic? Yeah, exactly. The exactly. Under, I understand so, why they—they're a business too.
3: I, I, I can feel for Gary Boyer, but I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the rest of Scottish football. is there any other transfer No, no. The There
0: was no. 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 a there was a flurry. A, there was a
1: flurry at the start that yeah. obviously had been done o- for for so, a while. So but, I'm yeah. still
0: I'm
3: still keeping my fingers crossed that we'll see Zach Robinson coming back. So it could happen. I don't think that would be the worst-case scenario at all. You know, if they could get him back... January's a
2: a merry-go-round. Bear's absolutely right, obviously, the the team I covered. Dundee United fans are exactly the same. They want to see signings in. But a lot of clubs have... You have a summer budget, and that's, in theory, your budget for the season. Clubs will generally go to the edge of that budget to set themselves up for the season to go. So when you come to January... Yeah, you want to do business, but unless somebody signs up yeah, or signs off on going over budget, you need to do wiggle room. You need yeah. to. You need
0: need somebody like. I mean, I'm sure Liam Fox maybe doesn't want to lose Tony Watt, mm-hmm. but if he's going to lose him, he would want to lose yeah. him now yeah. to give him. So Trying to get someone else. In. Every
2: every club's busy, but it's all ins and outs. It's mm. all yeah. balancing, and, and that's that's tough when everyone's waiting to see the, what best deal they can get yeah. for
1: themselves, and, isn't and, it? And there'll be a lot of players as well waiting. To, yeah, towards I the end and see what so like, o- opportunities come.
3: And, uh, and 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 agents, will know Dundee are desperate, and so that adds a couple of hundred quid. Uh-huh. And that George, you you
0: have to stay awake late with a new baby, Alan. You have to do that <laughs> every <laughs> day. <laughs> Deadline <laughs> day is just another day for you now. I, I think the
3: concern for me is that I've always said that you know Dundee's strength is is their squad size. Now he's whittling away at that. Yeah. To the point that you know, I mean, as much as you go well.
0: Uh, Joe Grayson <laughs> Joe Grayson and, 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 uh, and I mean let's be fair he's got rid of jo- and yeah, Joe and Simon Grayson Joe and Simon Grayson
3: have gone Derek, Derek Oshay, but, and Niall McGinn's gone yeah. and you're starting to go well well, yeah. well they weren't maybe the best they were still worth a shot off the bench There were boys who looked as yeah. though they would uh, give you something you know now the bench is beginning to really get I, I, I heard them speaking when we were about 17 players but you only need living on the park but for Dundee that is that, when you've
1: got uh, nine subs though
3: yeah it
0: like speaks the typical fan <laughs> <there>. <laughs> oh, we've got a bit all season squad's too, too big <laughs> no, <laughs> it's too big few players oh my god we need some signage yeah. we need to get some signage yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the, the nine subs thing is is another an added um, kind of complication to all transfer stuff because clubs need bigger squads now or have the opportunity to use more players so yeah. they're not previously they might yeah. all have seven subs so the two boys that aren't getting on the bench they would let go I remember when and now two. they won't Subs, yeah. I there's a game this season Dundee made seven subs, which is the most <laughs> I've ever
3: seen. <laughs> I kept the press box because they had the concussion <laughs>
1: sub to add on to their five, I, and then it went to extra time, so they had it the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor Killing Sheridan was the only boy left on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs>
0: anyway. Moving on, because. For Dundee, too. <laughs> There's a chance of a game this weekend. Yeah. It's a big cup tie.
1: I'm really looking forward to
0: it. So, one way are that, mean, we're talking about, you know, a, a player coming in or whatever, giving them a lift.
1: A good result of St. Myrne on Saturday would be a lift. Big time, because they, they've been going great guns all season, particularly at home. I, I think they lost the first game of the season at home and, and they've unbeaten since, as far as I can remember. And that included. Beaten Celtic and drawn against Rangers. Um, they're a strong team. They did get thumped last night, Celtic. But who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Um, interesting to see what the difference is though between Dundee, obviously at the top end of the championship, and Simran, a team that's going well in the the Premiership. How what well, the difference has been from obviously Dundee weren't good last season, but they were they could they could compete with Simran at that point. Uh, we'll not mention Charlie Adams. Uh, System, mm-hmm. but um, well, the one, inter-
3: the one, at they want Max, yeah. Anderson. Max Anderson school, exactly.
1: Yeah. So we'll see what the difference between the teams. That's is that even a year ago now, yeah. just over a year. It's so, right. I mean, a lot has changed since then. Mm-hmm. But really interested to see how Gary Bowyer's team goes about taking on someone because they they took on Rangers at Ibrox. Admittedly, Rangers weren't in a good place at that point. Um, Still, Rangers, but. They were. They came away frustrated from that one, thinking that was we had an opportunity there to take that to extra time. Ibrox, which tells you that they've got the ability in there to step up to these big games. So hopefully we see that, and hopefully there's not too much kind of ring rust from mm. uh, from sitting on the on the sidelines for the past couple of weeks. Bear,
0: to be at my pessimistic worst, what often worries me about games like this against teams like Saint Martin. Saint Martin are not a team that. Scores lots and lots of goals. And you can go to a place like St Mirren when you're a team in the championship, lose 1-0 or 2-0, 2-1 even, and you come away going, oh, we're close, we're close. And you're actually not close mm-hmm. because no. that's the way they play. They, they manage games in a certain way and, yeah. and it gives you a false picture of how it's, big the gap is. Stephen
3: Robinson has, has done a terrific job at St Mirren. Um, they've got genuine realistic ambitions to finish in the top six yeah maybe mm. even snatch a European spot I mean you see he's, he's although if they lose to Dundee it look, could be the start you'll of you'll something you'll terrible you'll they're only at, seven points above yeah but I, I still think they're, it's a tough, yeah. they're a tough tough side physically they're strong they've yeah. got good players you look at some of the players have got Curtis Main uh, up top we've got Declan Gallagher. they've got uh, Gogic. they've got O'Hara in, in the O'Hara middle in the mid- yeah. th- they're a big side they're a strong side they're a typical... like they say that Stephen Robinson built at Motherwell, to be yeah. fair, when they were going well, so it's a real big ask for Dundee. Great. I'm, I'm delighted that See, they, right, you're yeah.
0: saying that right now, would you say is it i a... I'm looking at the two teams above St Mern. Is it a tougher away tie going to St Martin than it would be Hibs or Aberdeen, potentially, right now? Just because Aberdeen have just... <sighs> Had a disaster at heart. Hibs aren't going well. I think Sitman are yeah. a tough, tough. I team. think
3: I think you could say that, but I find it hard to say that term just because uh-huh. it's Easter Road and because it, you know, Petodre. Um but I, I, but I it's think it's got that I, I potential, hasn't it? I think Sitman have got real potential yeah. of function above those two teams at this point in uh-huh. time in the league. Um, yeah. I mean the great thing is lovely to lovely them it's normally a beautiful surface, so they can get right back on it and um, George is right I, I think the, the, and if
0: you have two goals doing after well, 10 minutes you can watch the planes take off I, I, like yeah. I
3: think I think there could be an issue with not having played that and that's that's just the way that's just the way Samirn have been playing regularly you know Dundee have, have, has been stuttering um, with, with games off I think he should go and play his strongest team I said for the uh, for the Challenge Cup i would be interesting to see what sort of lineup he puts yeah, out yeah. I think seeing the Scottish Cup I, 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 I know for what we're do yeah. in England Go for it Go for it You never know how things can open up for you
0: Yes You know I'm not un- A championship team can't afford to go to a no. Premier League team no. With no French players No
3: absolutely Go with your, go with your strongest team And, and get g- good minutes under their belt They're going to have that game against Dunfermline on Tuesday Obviously you can shuffle the pack for that one And but if you
1: pull off a shot There's a wee bit more money yeah. in the bank To yeah. spend yeah. Yeah.
3: Ha- Have a real go yeah. at. It. Have a real go And, and you know, hopefully, you're going to need a rub the green on the day, but I think it's a winnable tie. Don't get me wrong, I think, you know, mm.
0: but it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. I have to say, Alan, looking for some neutral realism here. <laughs>
2: I, I do think it is a really tough tie. It absolutely is, but. That's tough. let's go. You've got, <laughs> a, you've got a Samaritan team that maybe has one eye on their overachieving league form. Um, if Stephen Robinson busy schedule, chooses to maybe rest a couple of bodies, do St Mirren have
1: the squad maybe depth? Maybe carrying yeah. mm-hmm. Just on. been run ragged at Celtic yeah. as well. Yeah, if they yeah. do
2: decide to rest a few bodies, is St Mirren's squad depth the same as, you know, you mentioned clubs like Aberdeen, Hibs, mm. could maybe take advantage of that, but absolutely a tough tie. I think a lot of it is to do with team selection and approach um, on this one. If Dundee get a wee bit of fortune in terms of St Mirren making a couple of changes and those coming in not quite reaching the same levels that their senior players have done so far this season. I think Dundee have got a real chance, but if it goes on the respective form they've shown, uh, St Mirren should win. So, yeah, never know. But I think it's a really intriguing tie. I think mm. you look at the fixtures this weekend, and I think that's one of the really that's one of the more yeah. intriguing ones. I'm,
0: st- I'm, I'm still going to be outside Tanadise watching for a student booking in his case great stuff guys
1: if you like the podcast
0: we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us Don't forget to pick up your copy of The Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.